0: Welcome back, everyone, to Across the Romaverse. This is episode 23. I know you, had, you were with Sean and I earlier in the week for our inter-review, but, you know, this is a big week in the Romaverse with the Derby della Capitale coming up on Friday. It's a rare Friday match. You know, us here in North America, maybe not so happy about a Friday afternoon match, but it is what it is. And to prepare us for that match, I have a special guest on with me today, Jerry Mancini. Uh, you may have heard me on his podcast, Calcio Connection, recently. And he also writes for the Laziali. He's a you know passionate Lazio fan. He has some great knowledge of the team. So I brought him on to fill us in ahead of the match. So Jerry, how are you doing today? Fantastic.
1: Um, can't complain. Got some Calcio all week with Copa Italia, so that's nice. People across like in North America. I'm, I'm myself happy that hockey's back. So I, I know it's not. This is a cultural podcast, but for those who actually. Our hockey fans must be excited today, but we got the Derby coming Friday. The only problem, I'm, I'm kind of upset about this, is that the Derby's on a Friday and not on a Saturday or Sunday, especially for people who have to work on Friday till 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, have to rush home to watch it or may have to miss it. it, it it's a little stinker, I, I find. Yeah, I agree. And, and I agree. Hockey, I'm excited
0: to have hockey back. And for me as an Islanders fan, I have Islanders Rangers tomorrow. Big, big rivalry in hockey, followed by the Derby on Friday. So I hope my teams, you know, don't let me down. But, you know, just like Roma is not the most popular team in Italy. And it's kind of always interesting to hear how people become Roma fans that aren't in Rome. How did you become a Lazio fan living up in uh, the Toronto area?
1: Well, believe it or not, I always thought that my father was a Lazio fan because he's from Frozenone based near Rome or I'm not too like good with the whole geography when it comes to Laziova or Roma or however you want to call it. But as time progressed, I was young and I would always watch my dad watching uh, football all the time. And as I got older, I finally figured out that he was an inter fan. <laughs> so had I known from the beginning that he was an inter fan, I would have considered being a inter fan, but, because I always ask my father, who do you go for? Do you go for Roma or go for Lazio? Because we're from Frozionale. And Frozenone is, is is his main, is his other club, if it's not Inter. For me, it, I'm the same way. But I had to choose Lazio just because I'm not from Roma. And I thought that it was just the more broad, generic answer, like or way of going, picking a team. So I, I never wanted to jump the bandwagon and was Inter or uh, or Juventus I, I just didn't feel that that route and I had no ties with Napoli so I just chose Lazio so that, that's how I became a fan personally and, and I was gonna laugh at that because people were like how did you not know that your father was an Inter fan until and, and, and this day and, and, I, and I still remember when Inter played Milan in the Derby back in like I think 97 it was like heated I, I, I'm not sure if that was the game where there was flares and it hit uh, it hit one of the goalkeepers. I think it was Duda, if, if I'm not mistaken. If that if I was right, I, I'm, my recollection of, of of the 90s is not great. Like others, probably I, I don't even know if that was the, it was if that was the goalkeeper. That I from that moment I kind of realized my father was a, a big intro fan of how he was during that game, but.
0: Hey, at least nobody could call you a front runner or a bandwagon jumper, right? You suffer just <laughs> like we suffer in some ways more uh, in recent history up until the last couple seasons. But it's a great story. And, you know, great, great to have you on as a Lazio fan since you can give us some knowledge on, on your side. So last season, you know, Lazio really exceeded many people's expectations. They pushed for the Scudetto real hard. And if it wasn't for COVID, they might have been in it to the very end and possibly have won the Scudetto, um, because they looked great this season sitting in eighth place. Currently not the best league start, even though they did do a nice job in the champions league group stages uh, to get out of the group. But what do you see as the biggest difference between last season's Lazio pushing near the top and this season's Lazio kind of fighting just to get back to those Europa league places, Jerry?
1: Well, last season, we knew that they didn't have the squad depth and this year, in the, uh, in the summer transfer market, they addressed a lot of needs. They assigned up to seven players in various positions. And the biggest issue, I find, is the injuries. We were very reluctant to only play once a week. If anything, sometimes twice a week when there's a midweek match. And Lazio was equipped for that. They had the form working out for them, uh, the consistency, winning, I believe, 12 games in a row, where the streak was ended against Roma when they tied 1-1. They went unbeaten in 21 games. This is all prior to the, um, the lockdown. As the lockdown hit, this it, it just went downhill. I don't know if the three months off really disrupted their flow, if they weren't taking care of themselves at home or, or what their program was or what their fitness staff was doing because... Once it resumed, injuries started to become a major concern and squad, squad rotation was another big concern and that continues to be an issue. And I know, think, I know that we'll, we'll touch on that in, in, the, um, in the upcoming, uh, as we progress but in the show, but it, it's just certain players that are just having a, a, down, a downfall season. Uh, Lucas Leva, you can start to see that the, the injuries are starting to pick up with him. And he's starting to age. And he's no longer the, the, the quick player that, and he was very dependent in that midfield. Uh, Luis Alberto hasn't registered a, an assist this year compared to last year, where I think he had around 15 and he has more goals than assists. I, I bet you that no one would have thought that his four goals would equate equated more than his assists this year. So, and then the back end, Acherby hasn't been fully healthy, you can see that he's kind of dipped off this year at times but he's still the lead man but although that that it's still the injuries are are hurting him so it's just a contribution of so many factors here that that have really hurt their season a condensed schedule not not adapting to it still being a, on all fronts compared to last year at this time Lazio were not in the Europa League they were no longer in the Coppa Italia and just having to worry about Serie A, this team is equipped. If it's, if it's, if they're just in Serie A, I think that they would perform much better than Inter is in Serie A. Their, their, their squad is probably one of the best starting 11 on, on a week basis that had they once again, once again, gone that route, like they did last year, they may have been able to win the Scudato, I, I feel, but it, it, it's gone from really good last year. I mean, maybe the fact that they overachieved as well. That's another way you can look at it as well, because everyone was just spot on. They needed all their best players to produce. Chido Immobile having a career season. Sergey Malinkovic-Savage being consistent every week. Uh, Luis Alberto being consistent every week. Lucas Leva had one of his best seasons. A Acherby, a rock in the back, like I said, uh, Before Senolulic got hurt, he was being dependable on the left side. And that has been a a big issue because now our left wing back position has been a vacant hole and still hasn't been addressed because we brought in Mohamed Fares, who still hasn't been able to produce to what we we were hoping. He battling injuries. He has a long history of injuries that doesn't help him either, which I didn't even know prior to him signing with Lazio, so that kind of concerns me now. Adam Maricic has been used as an inverted wing, wing back on the left side, and God forbid if Manuel Lazidi or Maricic gets hurt, you're, you're down a guy on the right side, and you now have to put Dej- Dejavon Anderson, who has hardly played, onto the left side. So there's a lot of factors, but hopefully things start to turn around. In recent time, their form has looked better, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's tough to replicate what
0: Lazio did last season. You know, um, we've seen teams like Roma and, and Napoli and Lazio all make runs in certain seasons in the past decade. But it's hard to, you know, consistently do it the way a Juve does with the money they have. Um, and you had mentioned the depth, and that's kind of the common critique for Lazio. Um you know, playing once a week, they were able to rely on those four big guns that you mentioned, Immobile, Milinkovic, Savage, Alberto, and a And I'd even know Alberto doesn't have an assist this year. To me, that's absurd because, you know, one of my fears as a Roma fan playing them head to head is him just feeding Immobile those through balls that he's so so good at. So to him not having an assist through 17 matches is crazy. But going back to the lack of depth, Do you think after the summer window, do they still truly have a lack of depth? Or, you know, Inzaghi's big criticism is that he doesn't really rotate his squad enough. Do you think it's more him not rotating his squad? Or do you think Lazio didn't adequately reinforce in the summer?
1: I think it's Inzaghi that's the issue when it comes to the depth. I hate when I have to hear people say, we didn't buy, we didn't sign a center back, we didn't sign a midfielder, we didn't sign a wing back. We address every area possible. Now, I get it. They're not your bona fide Cristiano Ronaldo signing, that splashy signing. And of all the signings that we've made, believe it or not, our most expensive signing of Adat Mariki probably has been the, the, the biggest downfall this, this year. Like, not bust, because we don't know what he's made of yet. It's, it's been uh, too, too small of a sample size. But with COVID, in, with COVID and two injuries he had, uh, arriving late from the transfer market, still adapting to the city, A. Uh, it hasn't been the start for Mariki with, with uh, Lazio. Costed what? Nearly 20 million, second most expensive signing. But aside from him, it, it's Nzagi, or, or I blame. Luis Alberto playing every single game when you have Andrea Pereira arrive from uh, Manchester United. And I see people on Twitter say, why, why would we start him? Why would we want to benefit Manchester United from developing a player and, and making him better so they can re- reap the reward? I, I, if if people are going to talk like that, why even bring a guy on loan? Yeah. Why take why, why up a spot then? Go sign a 25 year old who can who can produce and, and make your team better. Then, if you're going to think like that, there's a reason why he has an option to buy of 26 million. Yes, probably Lazio won't pick that up, but you know what you're signing and what's coming with your, your, your team. So use and, and make the best out of what you can get out of him, keeping him on the bench. And I, I saw his stats. He's only played like 300 minutes this year or between 200 and 300 minutes. That is absurd. That That is not enough. Whereas Luis Alberto has played nearly. Let me tell you right now, he's played 1,200 minutes in, in 15 starts. That is a lot playing time and I, I saw on Twitter this week news is that he has a sore um, he's been he's been fatigued so that kind of concerns me because you're not rotating him like last week we had Luis Alberto play Sunday against Genoa Wednesday against Fiorentina and then Sunday against uh, Parma why where Andre Pereira could have been used at least one game to offset the the rotation and give him that rest where he would be 100 percent healthy towards the Derby like aroma. These are these are the questions that are, are very not the questions are, are the things that are happening that are very frustrating. You got Sergey Malinke Visavage who who I think is made of steel right now because I don't know how he's such in like really good form and has been able to keep his fitness level at a high rate, a high level where we have Atpa At, at-, at- Pro, John Daniel Aqua Aqua who came from Salentana in our city of from uh, our parent club um, in City of B, and who's shown to be uh, has some good qualities and hasn't been really used regularly. And then you got Gonzalo Escalante, who's looked really good this year, hardly used, and we we overused Lucas Leva, and he's not healthy now. He's not the same player because we're not rotating players. Wesley Hoot in the back end. People said, Oh. We don't, we don't do buybacks. We don't bring back ex-Lazio players, w- which I still don't understand this dumb rule. It is a very dumb rule in my opinion. But since he's been back, he has been superb. Yes, he's not your Marash Kambula that you wanted, which we could have signed. And had we not been so reluctant, we should have just pulled the deal and we wouldn't be thinking back, well, we need a center back. It was there. The deal wasn't done. But who has done a good job coming over from uh, Southampton alone. His time in the, uh, the the Belgian league has really paid off. He's really matured over the three years since he left. He, he's given some stability in the back end and there's players there that can help you in matches versus again, Parma, a Crotone, a Spezia, and, and I heard you on your pod, a guy like Borja, Ma- Mario, Ma- Mario, Ma- Mario. Mario, yeah. Mario, thank you butchering his name, but um, <laughs> you, you said that you would like to see him more against the bigger clubs to see what he can do. Well, it's like the opposite with Lazio, where we would like to see these players play against the smaller teams and see what they can do to get to that bigger club. You, you're you on the opposite end. You're on the right track where you got players playing against the smaller teams, which is right. Mm-hmm. Now you want that extra step that you've gotten that that taste and What can we see from our players play at the higher level but it's unfortunate i think this is the, the biggest downfall from from Inzagi if he can't ever let away his favorites and always have his his guns his, his dependent players and and start to adopt the change it will make him a better coach and the last thing is we have yet to play we have registered zero minutes this year Uh, for players under the age of 21 playing. I saw a tweet yesterday, whereas teams like Roma, I think, are like 2,000 minutes or something like that, which is like a high high amount. But that that just tells you right there, we haven't even played a a player under the age of 21 yet this year, not even a minute. Over-relying on older players like Marco Parolo, who I think have been leader and catalyst of this team, but you can't keep relying on a 36-year-old. You can only get so much mileage out of him. You need to start playing your younger players to adapt. Uh, I know you're scared that you might lose a game, but a loss in a game will will grow towards your long-term where you get that experience. And I think the biggest thing I I just mentioned is the health of the players, that they they get that day off and allow their body to rest and heal and get ready to play an extended five more games instead of being injured for five more games.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you there. um, Because last season... I, I'd mentioned to you one of my buddies, Nick, is a big Lazio fan. And I would tell him, you know, and he would agree with me, if one of those four big guns went down last year, even when they were playing once a week, Lazio would be in trouble because Inzaghi would rely so heavily on them. And then once that schedule got condensed, that just led to fatigue. Not so much injury, but fatigue. And we saw the the flaws in Inzaghi as a manager. And I, I see from your perspective, the same things are happening this season. Whereas us in, in the Roma side can contrast that with, you know, we played Crotone midweek last week um, after, you know, right before Inter and after uh, the other match that they, Sampdoria when they came back from Christmas break and you saw Meyer all start and score two goals and draw a penalty. You saw Cristante slide into the midfield and play. Um, so that's one place where Fonseca has been a little bit better than Inzaghi is in squad rotation, you know, playing in the Europa League in a weak group helped because he was able to really rotate heavily in those matches where Lazio had to focus on, you know, Borussia Dortmund and Bruges and uh, um, then St. Petersburg, much tougher opposition. Uh, so you have to play your best players midweek, but yeah, I mean, it, it's surprising to see, you know, so much, um, so many minutes going to older players. And you mentioned Alberto's 15 matches and that's probably without the Champions League, that's probably just league matches and those minutes that you mentioned. So you're probably talking another five or six matches on top of that. So that's a lot of minutes for a guy. And, you know, that affects performance. And the only guy for Roma I'm worried about in that regard is Mikatarian, because Fonseca is very Mikatarian heavy and he's been amazing this year, but he had injury issues last year. So I'm hoping that Roma can address that position uh, and bring in an El Sharari or someone to just spell Mikatarian and Pellegrini and Pedro and, and add depth there, because that's one area where Roma, I think does lack a little depth. Um, so we mentioned, you know, Lazio's four big players. We, we all know about, you know, um, Immobile scoring the goals, Luis Alberto last season providing those assists, milinkovic savage great box-to-box midfielder, and then a Cheruby in the back, you know, holding things down. But outside of those big names, who's been the best player for Lazio, in your opinion, this season? Or players, if you have more than one?
1: So, I was a big fan of Wesley who coming back, especially his comments of how he said he regretted leaving the team and how he loved Lazio, and it, it was a he he left because he got a contract that he couldn't turn down and I don't I don't blame him if someone offered me five million to go join a another club and you're what I think at the time he was like around 20 I want to say I don't know exactly how old he is but he's still very young but these are these are decisions that you make at a young age that are, are you learn from it and he came back as a more mature player he's adapted and under when he played under Simone Inzaghi he he was very good not great but his decision making wasn't the greatest but uh, aside from that physical uh, he can make challenges and i think that his aerial presence is, is where is the the benefit the, the beneficiary there like where he stands out. this year with lazio simone inzaghi once again gets the best out of him and he's looked really comfortable in a back 3 with the Cherby and Luis Felipe, where the three have formed as a good three-to partnership there, and, and he's looked really confident. He has, there have been the odd time mistakes where where his pass has been off or he, he's missed a player. But overall, he, he's given Lazio that stability, that, that center back that they, they were in need of. He's not the absolute solution to the long term. But he is a good player to have come off the bench and and give you that depth that Lazio has always been missing. Another player, Gonzalo Escalante, uh, he's really filled the void for uh, for Lucas Leva, Like I said earlier, he he looks c- composed, calm. I love his challenges. He he's fearless, and, and he he's really adapted into his uh, his new role. I don't think he was kind of that. He was more of a creative midfielder when he was with the uh, SDA Ibar. I'm not 100% sure on that, but uh, I, I, I've i read that this is kind of a new role. He's playing with uh, with Latu in the 3-5-2. Uh, he's looked like he's done it for a long time, and, and it's very encouraging because we need a player like him to step in and start filling in those minutes for Lucas Leva, who is no longer... Player that he once was, I, I still think he he still has some uh some a lot of minutes still left in him, just not as on a consistent basis as he's shown in past seasons. So those two players which were signings this past summer have really stood out. And uh, and the last one I say is Felipe Caicedo. I'll, I'll go with Caicedo if it's not the top four that you've mentioned. Um, he's really stepped up up front. So he's got six goals, I believe, in Serie A keeps on scoring timely key goals. Uh, one against Fiorentina in the first five minutes is an example. He scored, a, he followed up with another one. It's Karma. He, he scored a winning goal and added time against Torino. And even when he's not scoring, I think the biggest thing that has improved about his game is that he doesn't just fall and try to, to get the foul anymore. He, he kind of stays up and fights off challenges and, and tries to avoid just, easy contact and just trying to get the calls. Um, he still does it uh, momentarily, but overall, his, his overall game has really improved. And And I was reading today that there's uh, the possibility that he's extend, he'll extend his contract for another season or two, which is very encouraging. And if that's the case, the the, the, the issue that he's had, that why he wanted to leave is because he's not getting enough playing time. And I know that the relationship between him and Zagi is very strong and if he continues to play like he has the past two seasons I don't see why he shouldn't be a starter with Immobile because he's sh- this is something that Lazio doesn't have to be concerned about and they can put their focus towards a uh, a different area but to see this kind of upsets me because we didn't need to spend 20 million in the first place to sign Vedat Mariki which is so frustrating and that could have been used to uh, to uh, Marash Kambula, when you really think about it now, in hindsight, it's it's a it's a it, uh, another poor decision by Lazio. I know that we we've got the, the gems of Luis Alberto, Acherby and uh, we signed Immobile, but in recent times, it, it feels like we're starting to become the team that makes too many poor decisions in our signings and just blowing money. And, and what's funny is. People regard Claudio Lotito as a cheap president, but is it really Letito's fault sometimes when you're offered $35 million this past transfer market and $30 million was just tied in Mohamed Fares and Fidat Mariki, and the money was there? Okay, fine, you're not spending $100 million like another team, but a team like Latito really needs to, to reconsider and be smarter of how they invest the money. That money could have been... Sp- all put towards Mourash Kambula in the first place. And you got that center back that you really needed, the biggest glaring hole in this team still. So it's, I'm not against the signings because we haven't seen enough, but at the same time, maybe the money could have been used better when you already have certain players like Akecedo who wants more playing time. And in the first place, maybe we didn't need Mariki.
0: Yeah. And you bring up Kambula. It's still, you know, surprising to me that Roma was able to get him after Inter and Lazio looked like they were both close to, to deals for him. And, you know, Lazio certainly regrets it now. And, you know, and Zagio looked down the touchline, it seems on the Roma bench, it's got to, got to hurt a little bit, considering Lazio's flaws on defense this year. So, you know, you talked about guys that have kind of over, you know, outplayed your expectations. What about guys who are underperforming right now for Lazio, anybody underperforming big disappointments?
1: I will go with Joaquin Correa. Um, his uh, his goal tally his goal tally sorry has really uh, from last year to this year. I think he only has like three or four goals in all competition this year compared to last year he had around nine. Um, he was playing much stronger, wasn't hurt as regularly, um, form was much stronger. Just just his overall game where he was more decisive, more clinical, even when he didn't score his chances were more they, they they were. he created more out of them this year it, it's he's missing that step where against juventus in the in, in an at a time he he wakes up and makes gets by three players shows great movement gets the ball to caicedo but then that twitch switches off for 60 minutes in other games again in 20 minutes he he appears so I don't know if it's because he was overused this year and with the condensed schedule, with all the COVID players, a, a lot of players missing because of COVID he's been heavily dependent upon where I you know Caicedo at one time had a shoulder injury. Uh, Immobile had uh, COVID and then you have Vedat Mariki, who, who has been in and out of the lineup and Andre Paredes ha- had to be um, used as a striker as well so up front so maybe the fact that Korea has been heavily depended upon and he was used against Milan not 100% kind of disappointing because he actually did look good in that game and then he got hurt maybe if he didn't play in the first place like I was saying earlier he's not being rotated properly maybe that's contributed to his downfall this year um so that's kind of been a disappointment. Lucas Leva has kind of been a disappointment. I I I, I go a little bit with the fatigueness with the the injuries that have kind of hurt him. But even prior to that, he he's looked like a step behind, not as quick. His decision making hasn't been as strong. Against uh, Genoa, they they scored to the tie the game off a, uh, a counter attack where Lucas Leiva doesn't really pick up his man and just lets him go right by. And does he even attempt to pick a yellow card, which is frustrating because in past seasons, he would always make that challenge. So it's kind of the form is not there anymore. So and it's kind of concerning because he's, he's always been heavily dependent upon. But it, 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 these are the things that I guess start to happen as you age. Whereas yeah. for Korea, you just wonder what what can happen. He's still young. Is it just an off season? you get concerned a little bit because you got to are your star players and you hope that they, they step up. So. Yeah. So a
0: lot of great insight there on Lazio as a whole, but let's look a, a more focused approach at the Derby now. So, you know, the Derby is always a, a big game for, for Roman Lazio fans. So does the, the Derby take on special meaning for you? Do you see it as more important than other matches? How do you view the Derby?
1: Um, That's a good question. Cause a lot of people feel that, if if you don't win the derby it's more of a, a significance of bragging rights no one wants to be on the bottom losing and, and you're on social media and you want to tweet and you're like hey you want the upper hand hey latio one roma this roma that or latio this latio that but it, at the same time it, it all depends on where the positioning of the of the standings is as well um if you're if you're at the top of the table and you're fighting for a scudetto and you're separated by two points, does does the derby become a priority or or does the league become a priority? I think, at a standpoint as a fan, I, I'd be more concerned about having the scudetto than than a derby match. But I guess when you look at the significance of what the derby means and, and the history of what it's brought since the nineteen since nineteen thirty say or nineteen twenty seven. There's just so many riots and the, the hatred that's grown over the um, over the decades that no one wants to be on the on the lower end. It, it, there's just so much at stake that you have to be the better team. And and when I when I play when sorry when I watch Roma versus Lazio it, it's it's a big different feeling when when you don't want to be that team that lost and it it feels like everything's riding but this time around the derby won't be the same because the fans won't be there and i get it the milan derby has no fans and whatever other derby's been going on didn't have fans but me personally and i might be biased i just feel that Lazio versus roma has more significance maybe it's of what the history developed into the, the rivalry of how the matches have, have come out um, going in the Copa Italia final and meeting one another. Um, it, it's just, or it's maybe I'm being biased and just cause I'm a fan and I've seen so much of what Roma and Lazio have built over the years against each other that it, it, it just, to me, it weighs out the rest of the derbies. But without the fans, it, it's not going to feel like a derby, personally. But um, we'll see how this one plays out. At the end of the day, the, the players don't want to lose. So they're going to treat it as if the fans were there. And they're going to play as hard as they can, personally.
0: Yeah, the atmosphere might be a little different without the fans, for sure. And you know the fact that it's a Friday here for us in the States and Canada and you know, North America... Uh, it'll feel a little different for us on top of the fact there's no fans you know it's not that big Sunday matchup but you know I have to agree I you know and I might be biased as well but you know if Roma Lazio is not the hottest derby in Italy in terms of the passion we see from the fans when they're in the stands it's got to be right up there you know it just seems like there's more hatred maybe it's because some seasons that's all these two teams have to play for there's no scudetto hopes maybe they're not in a champions league maybe they're both fighting for seventh or eighth place in some seasons and the derby becomes the most important match whereas those milan clubs always have been fighting for silverware through the years or you know juve and inter so definitely a different different feel to it and it's always about bragging rights as well you know especially being connected through twitter or people you may know personally um So heading into this match, both teams coming in on decent form. Roma unbeaten in their last four, coming off the draw against Inter, which they salvaged late, which should bring a little momentum into the match rather than coming off of a 2-1 loss. They come in with a 2-2 draw and a point late in that match off that Mancini header. Lazio is unbeaten in their last three back-to-back wins. Uh, As you mentioned, they're starting to round into form a bit. They beat Parma recently. So looking ahead to Friday's match, you had mentioned Correa may be out for Lazio, would be their key absence, I believe. Anybody else out for Lazio?
1: Um, that's a good question. Uh, Senolulic is apparently supposed to make his return for the Derby. I don't know if he'll feature at all, but just to have him on the bench is, is a big, big plus. Uh, his voice, his leadership, just his morale. So that's, uh, that's a boost. Um, I, uh, like I said earlier, Luis Alberto apparently has been uh, dealing with fatigue I saw on Instagram where he has been doing like these uh, yoga exercises with his wife. So he, he looked good to me when he was doing his uh, his routines. <laughs> and everything. So I don't know where the media gets these, uh, these rumors, but I, I don't see anyone else. Korea is supposed to be back as well, actually. Sorry, he'll be on the bench. He'll be on the he'll bench. Be starting, yeah, he'll be starting the bench. So the starting 11 is most likely to be what you saw against Parma. Um, Wesley, who won't make, won't start for this game. It will be Radu on the right, sorry, on the left up. On the right will be Felipe and in center will be Acherby. And I would prefer to start Gonzalo Escalante over Lucas Leva for this game, depending on how the form of Leva is. I know he's a reliable player, but the way he's looked in recent time kind of concerns me. Uh, Maricic is supposed to play on the right. We got Latzdi on the left. So not any notable injuries other than, um, yeah, Strakosha um, has
0: been out, right? Yeah,
1: Strakosha. Sorry, he's he's got a he's got a thigh injury. Yeah, apparently he'll be out. Um, other than Strakosha, yeah, I, I haven't really looked at the injuries. Um, yeah, it's looking like all thought is. Mohammed is Mohammed is out. That's it. Yeah,
0: and then on the Roma side, you know, Pedro's supposed to be back on the bench um, after being out for the last few matches. Other than that, it's you know Antonio Mirante probably still out with Paul Lopez in goal. Lopez played pretty well against the Inter, so he would probably would have been pegged to start this match anyway. You know, but other than that, the only big injury is Anjola, who's been out all year anyway. Uh, it's just those part-time players like Fazio, Santone, and Calafiori who are out for this one. So Roma will have almost their full squad at at Fonseca's disposal. Same with Lazio. So neither team will have much to complain about in, in terms of who they can pick for their starting 11. Um, so thinking about Lazio, what would you say the keys are for Lazio in this matchup?
1: The defense has got to be tight and they can't give up and concede a, a poor pass from the backfield. And that's happened far too often where we, we just see the 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 odd mistake in a game where we control the first 60 minutes and then we turn off for one minute and make some this wrong decision it may be on a set piece or we get caught on the counterattack, or like I just said earlier, we just make a, a bad pass like we did against Fiorentina from Strakosha or even Patrick earlier where he's passing it towards Strakosha no communication, I mean, almost gets caused for a goal um, this has happened far too often this year and that really can't be that can't be a case against Roma where they have a lot of players will where they like to play high, they like to attack, and will pressure you. And the minute you make one mistake from the backfield, it's gonna hurt you. And, and actually the prime game is against Verona. Hell is Verona where Radu makes a really bad pass towards um Peperena and it results in, in the winning goal these are the way that lazio have lose have lost games this year it's not by teams just utterly dominating them but them dominating themselves which is even more frustrating because when we look about when we look at why they're in 8th place it's not just because teams have been able to beat them because they're, they're much better it's just that lazio have not cleaned up their 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 mistakes and, and be more sounded more smarter when when they're on the ball and off the ball. So I think that's the the, the biggest takeaway. And in the midfield, it has to be down to Sergey Malinkovic-Savage and Luis Alberto to control that midfield, to control possession, to limit uh, Roma on the ball because the more Roma has the ball, the more they're going to attack and they will, they, they will make Lazio pay for, for their back end. We've seen that they can be... Uh, they can be weak at times, especially when you only have four clean sheets in all competition this year. That's kind of concerning compared to last year where Lazio, I, I believe, earned like double digits in, in clean sheets and they were, I believe, top five. They were the third lowest in uh, in uh in goals conceded behind Inter and Juventus, which is absurd now looking up how their defense is this year. And I know that I, I've been rating Wesley Hoot and how he's been playing the back end that's just one player it's collective of everyone contributing now i know that chiriby has been heard at times uh, felipe has been heard at times radu but it, it's 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 even just players still becoming more familiar with each other but other than that those are two keys and and chiquinho has to step up for for uh, lazio he has to be the go to guy to to deliver as he's done this year where he has 11 goals but When it comes to the the top seven, top eight teams, he needs to be there and and score that that critical goal when when it's needed. So we'll we'll see what happens. And and the last thing is Luis Alberto. I know that I mentioned that their possession, the the play, everything has to revolve around Luis Alberto. If if Alberto is not playing his game, sometimes I find that Latio kind of turns off and they're kind of not cohesive, like they're not coordinate on, on what they're supposed to do. Their attack kind of dips off. If, if Luis Alberto comes and he's ready and mentally minded, everything's good, that, that's where Lazio becomes most effective. Yeah. Uh, for Roma, you know, I, I could see
0: Lazio winning the possession battle and in some ways, certain matches we see Roma willingly give up possession and Lazio might be one of those teams. They might willingly give up some possession to to spring counterattacks because Roma has been very dangerous in the counterattack especially hearing about some of the issues Lazio's had in the back. Um, and one thing I, I keep seeing is that Brian Cristante is getting tipped by publications like Giseta dello Sport to start in place of Gonzalo VR. which if he does, I think that is an indication of Roma looking to play more on the counter attack because he is the type of player that can spring those counters with his passing ability. And, um, you know, I think he would be more of a physical matchup for milinkovic Savage rather than Gonzalo VR, who's, you know, the more diminutive Spanish type playmaker who holds on to possession will look to, you know, play the ticky tack passing. So I think the keys for Roma would, of course, be to take out a player like Immobile, which would be probably Smalling's job for the most part. And he did a very good job against Lukaku last week, keeping him off the score sheet, but also that midfield battle, because that is Lazio's strength. When Alberto and Milikovic Savage are on, they are tough to beat. So, you know, if it's Cristante or if it's VR teamed up with there too, they're going to have their hands full. Um, and then, you know, Roma going forward will have to, you know, they're going to have to get help from players like Pellegrini, Mkhitaryan tracking back. Um, so I think Roma is going to have to do their best to try to win that midfield battle or at least contain a player like Alberto. Because Alberto, if he unlocks the defense, you know, Immobile thrives off that service that's provided to him. Um, so Roma's going to have to try to limit that combination. Um, so in terms of individual matchups, I'm definitely looking at that Smalling Immobile matchup. Um, different type of battle for Smalling this week against Immobile compared to Lukaku. Immobile is more of that, you know, striker who will spring on those passes in the box, kind of knock in some great crosses, you know, find his little openings. Whereas Lukaku is that big physical striker, Immobile a little less physical than Lukaku. So that'll be a different challenge for um, Immobile. And then that midfield battle i think Vertu is going to have to do a lot of work in the midfield for roma he looked strong against inter but after about 60 minutes he ran himself into the ground because he worked so hard so um you know they're going to have to get a, a complete showing from him and you know if cristante does start can he battle milinkovic savage physically is a big question because milinkovic savage is a big boy he's strong he wins aerial duels he's got a great you know cannon of a shot on him so those are some of the matchups I'm looking at. Are there any individual matchups you're, you're looking at, Jerry?
1: I'm actually concerned about Leonardo Spinozola because earlier in the year when Atalanta played uh, Lazio, Maricic struggled on the left side. And I know that he's played more frequently now this year, but the guy like Spinozola, who's a natural left wing back or left back, however you want to call him, he's, very, he's versatile. And he can really take advantage of this because he's playing against a guy who's playing on his opposite side that he's not accustomed to. And and this is something that Roma might want to take advantage of, and it can really hurt Lazio if Maricic is not able to play at a high level and, and keep pace with him. He's a fast player, but again, he's not, he's not a natural left wing back. So a guy like Spinazzola where I saw against Inter was really effective and took advantage of, of that left side against Inter. So it, um, interesting to see that battle. Um Jekyll versus a should be a good one. I, I think that uh, two big guys we'll see who can who can basically win possession and be the more physical player in that aspect. And like you said earlier, I, I'm curious to see how Chido Imobly lines up with uh, Mancini and see how he does in the back end there. That that should be interesting to see if Immobile can break that back end. That's very, a, a very good back end by Roma and one that needs to be taken serious. So those are a, a few key matchups I see that uh, are intriguing. All right, Jerry,
0: now I'm going to put the pressure on you. So after, you know, hearing about Lazio's coming back into form but having a lot of issues this year and, you know, Roma's had their – their problems against the bigger sides. That's really been, you know, where they've had issues. What's your prediction for this one?
1: Do you have a score? I'm going to, 2, two. Uh, I'm a mush. I, I refuse to pick a, pick a winner. I'm going Roma, Lazio, 2-2. Two, two. Um, I'm hoping there's a, there's a winner to come out of this, but um, I'm going to, 2 draw. All right. it's, 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 you know what? At the end of the day, win, lose or draw, I think just, these two teams are going in with the right form for both sides. And I, that makes for a good match. Yeah. At the end of the day.
0: I expect to see an entertaining match. Like you said, it, it usually is uh, hopefully we won't see one of those three nils that we occasionally see in the Derby. Like we saw at the end of the De Francesco rain um, either way, really, because it makes for a little bit less entertaining match, even though it's nice to win matches three nil, but uh, I've been going two one Roma all week with people I've been talking to. So I have to stick to, with what I've been saying. I just feel like Roma needs to beat a, a you know a top five or six type team, which they've struggled to do so far this year. You know, draws against Juve Milan and uh, Inter recently, coupled with the two heavy losses in Napoli Atalanta, they really need three points against the top six side. You know, even though Lazio sitting eighth, they really, for all intents and purposes, are one of those top six teams you're going to play. Uh, and Fonseca needs one of those wins to get that monkey off his back. So I'm gonna be optimistic. I'm gonna go two one Roma. Um, you know, watch for Mkhitaryan to be involved if Roma scores a couple times, Pellegrini players like that. Um, but I'm looking forward to a good matchup and hopefully, you know, we get an entertaining matchup without the fans, even though it's a Friday afternoon or Friday evening in Italy. Uh, Jerry, thanks again for coming on and giving us all your great insight um, and coming on to a Roma program, you know, always uh, great to have a different perspective. So tell our listeners where they can find your work, uh,
1: Twitter and everywhere else they, they can find you. Well, oh, thank you for having me on. Uh, it was a pleasure. It was fun. It was nice talking about the Derby and uh, where they can find me. I write for the Laziale World Football Index and the Italian football news where most of my work can be found. And my Twitter tag is uh, jmancini8. Okay. Thanks again, Jerry. And to everyone out there across the
0: Romeverse, I uh, hope you enjoyed listening to a little Lazio perspective and hopefully You know, we'll get a win on Friday, Forza Roma, and uh, talk to you guys soon.